listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. Here we are, episode 8. See, I knew it this time. I didn't have to think about it. I just knew we're on 8. just came to me. Getting better each and every week. Thank you guys, as I said before, for tuning in again, hanging in there. We're rolling along now, feeling better each week about every cruise cast that we do. I do, as usual, at the top of the show, want to ask you, Almost beg you. Yes, it is getting a little pathetic now. Please. (laughs) If you like the show, review us on iTunes. Rate and review us on iTunes. Download the podcast app because you're going to want to listen to Always Be Booked every single week. So once you do that, you go into the search bar and you type in Always Be Booked. Once you get there, you tap on the icon, not the episode list, the icon that's below, which is basically my logo. And then you will uh, tap on that and then you'll see an area where you can tap reviews. And then you're able to write your own review. And of course, that helps us out. What we're trying to do is spread this thing worldwide. It is growing each and every week, and it really, really is encouraging to see. It's really uh, encouraging to get some of the feedback that I am getting, and we're going to keep going. And if you know a friend who likes cruising, tell them about it. But if you guys don't mind, please give us those reviews. We told you we're giving away free cruises. I've given away three so far. There's an indication of how many unique <laughs> and, and, and what's the word? I guess organic iTunes reviews that we have. So I'm looking for you guys to do a review and let's put it out like this. Forget the whole chance thing. Forget the whole everything. Right now, I know I have 21 reviews. Reviews number 21 to 35 are all going to get free cruises. So that's the story. You're getting a free cruise if you review it uh, or if you're one of the next 15, what is it? 14, 14 reviewers right now. Reviewers number 22 to 35, right? Am I doing the math right on that? Whatever it is, from now till the 35th review, the, the reviews 22 to 35 will all get free cruises. And those are cruises for two out of Port of Palm Beach. So, Florida people, this is especially attractive for you because it's just a drive away. And it uh, takes you right now. It's actually, unfortunately, Freeport is not quite at 100%. So it's going to Bimini right now. And uh, it's a two-day cruise. You get on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You sail through the night, spend the whole next day in the Bahamas, and then you're back the following day. So you're technically away for some part of three days, but it's pretty much a day-and-a-half cruise. And it's free. It's a getaway. You do have to pay port charges and taxes. I think that's literally like $150 for two people total. And then you get your all your food, all your entertainment, every, the cruise, all that stuff. You know, typical cruise, uh, I guess, you know, what's, what's allowed on the cruise or what's offered on a cruise is just the same as this. The ship is a former carnival ship. It also uh, was under Costa for a while. Now it's really interesting the history of this cruise cruise line, and forget about the you know the giveaway. It's just an interesting story either way. This was the Bahama Paradise cruise line. It used to be the Bahama Paradise used to be the name of the ship, I think, and uh, it was this. <laughs> it looked like a big, huge battleship, a cargo ship. Like the hull was blue, and the uh, you know. 
everything else was white and it just looked like a disaster and they used to give these cruises away and um it was pretty pathetic the buffets were like you know appetizer food and really what they were trying to do was sell timeshares on it and it would uh go out to the bahamas and come back and they'd have a half-assed broadway show uh yeah i think they did have a casino on it but just the look of the ship in general it was a refurbished like cargo ship or I don't know what it was, but it was a disaster, and I couldn't believe anybody would ever go on something like that, even for free. So what happened was the damn thing sank (laughs) in port. It was in port. Nobody was hurt. There was no issues or problems with anybody, but when it was in port, it crashed in some some jetties or some rocks that were in shallow water, and it sank. Okay, what is this uh, poor little cruise line going to do? Uh, one way or another, it got hold of an old carnival ship that was operating, uh, like I said, under Costa out in the Mediterranean, and it sailed into town. And honestly, like I said, it's not a pristine new mega ship with 5,000 passengers, you know, able to hold 5,000 passengers on it, but it is a very nice all white ship. You could tell it's a former carnival ship, uh, you know, just by the look. I think it still has the funnel on it. Uh, I think they painted it all black, an all black carnival shaped funnel. You, you obviously know what they're trying to do there, but um, it's it's an older ship, but it's a very nice ship. And uh, it's got tons of bells and whistles. It's got a main dining room. It's got a show lounge. It's got pools. It's got a karaoke. It's got a casino. It's got a buffet. It's actually got a midnight buffet. I liked it because I actually went on it and I enjoyed it. Uh, what it what it said to me was uh, what I liked about it. It was it was not it was built in a time before modernization, where these uh, ship designers have you know somehow designed to make money around every corner. Uh, I was sitting aft where my favorite spot is, having a drink with uh, it was Amanda who came on the on the on the cruise with me, and uh, we just heard like a little bit of a beat going on upstairs this was about 10 o'clock at night we had no idea what was going on you know if you walk up those stairs uh and you're on the aft pool you know it's either a water park or it's either just you know a little walking or lounge area or a lot of times it's you, it leads you to an indoor area which is the steakhouse or something or you could walk directly so it's usually nothing that's up there but we heard some music coming from up there and we were pleasantly surprised because we walked right up just to see what was going on and we noticed like a 150-person dance party going on with a DJ in what was pretty much a field. Almost, it wasn't real grass like a celebrity cruise, but it was uh, field turf, maybe, I don't know, the size of, I don't know, 100 feet long, maybe 50 feet wide, with tables on each side, and they were they were getting crazy up there. It was a good time. So we spent the rest of the night up there. There was another bar, like an island bar up there as well. It's like you never, you know, for whatever reason, I guess the newer cruise ship realizes that that area is better served for whatever, for its uh, making money off of a steakhouse. But this particular ship was just had a field where you could throw a party and i'm sure that's not the most profitable way to do it but man we sure had fun and that was a really nice touch that we saw so that is the bahama paradise cruise line if you're listening to this podcast i can tell you right now you will have a good time on that cruise and that's it what else uh instagram Please review me on the Instagram. Beatrix makes fun of me, uh, my buddy Beatrix, because I always say the Instagram or the Facebook. I don't mean to say it, please find me on the Instagram, like a, like a computer would say. No, I'm, I'm saying it like the Instagram as opposed to the Facebook page, as opposed to the Twitter feed, as opposed to the podcast. 
separating it, using the word the to separate it by just, I guess, uh, platform. And I guess if you're just listening to it, it sounds a little weird when I'm saying uh, find me on the Instagram. I don't really say that, though. I say, you know, and the Instagram page is doing real well. That makes a little more sense. It sounds a little better, right? Either way. Instagram, find me. Always be booked. We have a little bit of fun on there. We uh, take pictures. We find pictures, and it's usually cruise-related. Very oftentimes, it's not as well, though. When uh, I had a couple of days in West Palm Beach last week over the Thanksgiving holiday, and um, ate at a spot called Little Havana, uh, just a, a, a Palm Beach treasure. It's on Dixie Highway. And, oh, man, some of the best Cuban food, not not that I'm a Cuban food expert, but I am a food expert, and I know good food when I taste it. And uh, you can check the picture out, and if you tell me that doesn't look good, that Midian Noche sandwich that I posted, you let me know. You tell me where there's a better one in Palm Beach. I'm sure they're all over Miami, of course, but um, in Palm Beach County as a whole, I don't think you're going to find a better spot. Something else off topic. How many of you guys uh, know who Shannon Briggs is? Uh, I'm sh- I don't know how much the cruise world and the uh, boxing world intersect, but I guess they do right here with me. I love boxing, love cruising. And uh, this guy, Shannon Briggs, funny story, he's a heavyweight. Actually, back in the 19- mid-1990s, he was a beast. This guy was knocking people out left and right. You know, you had Mike Tyson from Brownsville, Brooklyn. Then you had Riddick Bowe. Brownsville, Brooklyn, just champs. I mean, real champion heavyweight boxers. And this guy, Shannon Briggs, heavyweight, I mean, just a, a clubber uh, out of Brownsville, Brooklyn, and was supposed to be the next, uh, you know, I guess, evolution of those guys to carry on that Brownsville tradition of great heavyweights, specifically heavyweight boxers, pretty much. Just a menacing dude, like six foot four, 230 pounds. He had these long dreadlocks, a lot of charisma, and he was just crushing people. Teddy Atlas was training him, same guy who started out training Mike Tyson, uh, didn't quite end up training Mike Tyson, but in the beginning of Mike Tyson's career, he, he helped out in Customano's corner with him. So Shannon Briggs. He becomes this heavyweight sensation. Teddy Atlas divorces himself from him, basically citing the fact that he didn't think Shannon Briggs was really committed. I guess he, his, his accusation was that his heart really wasn't in it. Shannon started to fall from grace. Uh, started to get beat up. Actually, at his height, though, he really he beat George Foreman. It was a controversial decision, but he beat George Foreman. Got a title. He was a title holder for a while too. So you could, technically, he was a he was a champion. And um, then he fought Lennox Lewis. Who, when you're talking about fighting Lennox Lewis, you're talking about fighting one of the classiest heavyweights ever to fight. I mean, one of the last of the Mohegans, as far as you know. Guys who are just a pleasure to watch because this guy was just, I mean, as good as anybody. He never fought Riddick Bowe. I always wanted to see him fight Riddick Bowe. I don't know. I was always wanted to see Riddick Bowe beat him up. But Riddick Bowe kind of flamed out too as well. But at least Riddick Bowe, I mean, he was the man for a while. He was a beast. He was he was up there as good as anybody too. So long story short, or hopefully a little shorter, Lennox Lewis beats Shannon Briggs and uh, the downward spiral starts. And Shannon uh, continued to try to box, but he was kind of half in, half out, self-admittedly, wasn't really giving his all to the sport. And then just almost uh, really, really took a bad turn. He almost committed suicide. He blew up to about 405 pounds and uh, just was just on, had the worst diet, was an alcoholic. And he really had, a, he, had he said he had a shotgun in his hand at one point, ready to, you know, end it all. What he did after that was pretty miraculous. 
Woke up one day, I guess, decided that he was enough. He was done. He was going to recover. He was going to beat this whole depression, uh, sugar addiction, alcohol addiction. And he was just going to use his potential, his God-given potential, and make a comeback. And he's been doing that. And now he's kind of Instagram famous, almost not even for being a boxer anymore. He's just this ultra fireball of positivity. He lost 160 pounds, like I said. He's probably about 250 now. Uh, shredded. I mean, he's a brick shithouse. And uh, I wouldn't mess with the guy. Shaved his head. People thought he was crazy because he shaved his dreadlocks. And I was like, oh, that's your identity. How are you going to market? You're really, really done. And he's got just this catchphrase. It's called, let's go, champ. I mean, simple. It's it's almost moronic. It's so simple. But he's got this real deep voice. Sounds like Busta Rhymes when he says it. Let's go, champ. Let's go. And he calls everybody champ. If he meets you in the street, he's like, he uses champ like we would use bro or dude or buddy or something like that. He's just, yo, champ. Yo, let's go, champ. Let if you, like you say how you doing or i'll say you know you say something and i agree with it i'll say yeah you're right he'll just say, oh let's go champ let's go let's go champ is his catchphrase and if you see him i'm just promoting his instagram because i heard him on the joe rogan podcast and um he was just a real pleasure to listen to about where he started where he what he went through and how much he came back he's got i mean uh Hundreds of thousands of followers now, little kids, people who don't even watch boxing because the guy is just a ball of charisma, a ball of positive energy, and he tries to kind of give you a lesson about where he where he was. And it's sort of, sort of like that uh, – there's this, this saying uh, where the guy's trapped in a hole, right? So the guy's trapped in a hole, and so, uh, somebody walks by, and they say, hey, can, the guy says, can you get me out of this hole? The guy throws a rope down. What are you going to do with the rope? The whole rope's down there. I'm probably butchering this thing. Another guy walks by. Hey, can you get me out of this hole, buddy? Please help. The guy throws food down there for him to help him but keeps walking by. So now the guy's in the hole with a rope and some food, and then he sees a friend walk by. And what does the friend do? The friend jumps in the hole with him, and the guy goes, what are you, a moron? Now we're both stuck in this hole. So the friend looks at him and goes, yeah. But I've been down here before, and I know the way out. I heard that on the West Wing. I loved it. But uh, that's what Shannon Briggs is kind of doing now. He's dove back in. He said basically he, he didn't feel self, self-worth when he was fighting, even when he was at the top of his game because he never really felt much love. He never really felt like he had anything. And this is the most rewarding time of his life because now what he's doing is getting that. Like he'll, There's like little kids that follow him. And they direct message him. If he doesn't post in like a half a day, they ask, hey, champ, you all right, champ? Where you at? You didn't post today. Where you at? And he calls himself an uncle. He just calls himself uh, Uncle Champ to all these kids. That's the nice side. The funny side, I mean, he's he's still no angel because the guy is a nut job and he's training to get back into fighting and i think he has four he has a bunch of fights in his comeback but he wants to fight vladimir klitschko who is uh, at least one of the belts the reigning heavyweight champion of the world and uh he wants to fight this guy so bad he's made a joke or a whatever out of following him around and antagonizing him in the hopes of getting him to fight and it always seems to be like a joke like shannon brings will show up to a press conference where Vladimir is or he'll show up to a book signing and and it'll be a joke because just out of nowhere Shannon will just start screaming where you at champ come on 
I'm the champ. Fight me. Sign the contract. It's almost like Clubber Lang did in Rocky Three to uh, Rocky. But it was, for the most part, it seemed to be good-natured. You could find it on YouTube. Just watch uh, Shannon Briggs versus Vladimir Klitschko, if you could figure out how to spell Klitschko. There's one in particular that I couldn't believe what I was frigging watching because they described it on the podcast. And I was like, I gotta. See. if this is true, I got to see this. Vladimir Klitschko goes out, and he's got a routine where he just does paddle boarding on the Intracoastal in Florida. And uh, Shannon pulls up in a motorboat. He chases him out there, and it's just them two. Like Shannon, oh, I guess maybe somebody was filming it, so somebody was on Shannon's boat with him. But Vladimir is just like a nut job, looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, just like a weirdo in the middle of the Intracoastal, standing on a paddleboard and, like, alternating uh, rowing from the standing position like he's, uh, I don't know, like he's in a gondola in Italy or something. Shannon just starts screaming at him, Where you at, champ? Wait, I'm the champ. And he's taunting the crap out of him. And it's actually a little bit of a dangerous situation. Klitschko's by himself. There's no life preserver. He's in the middle of an intracoastal waterway. If you're familiar with Florida, it's a pretty wide body of water. And he just keeps antagonizing him. And he speeds up next to him and makes a wave. Knocks Klitschko off the, and you're talking about these guys. The, this is the class of the heavyweight division. You got the champion and the guy trying to challenge. There's no bodyguards. There's no PR. There's no nothing. This guy just hunts him down in the middle of the intercoastal, makes a wave. Klitschko gets thrown off his paddleboard. Now he's like, I don't know, 20 feet away from his paddleboard, and there's a current. So this guy's got to actually swim back to his paddleboard and try to get on. And you could see him, and they're filming the whole thing, and he's yelling into the camera. I mean, Klitschko wanted him bad. He was like, you want to fight? Let's fight. Come on. And then Shannon's like, no, I fight in the ring. And Shannon just keeps taunting him. Klitschko, understandably, is just mad. He's like, you went over the line. You went over the line this time. And he, he just wants to fight, it. and then and then Shannon just leaves in the in the in the boat. There's some other ones on there too, where Shannon tries to crash a lot of his press conferences or whatever. I only told you that because I told you we were just gonna you know divulge off to, off of different things, and that was just a really interesting story. And I really recommend you uh, listen to that podcast and listen to Shannon Briggs's whole story on the Joe Rogan podcast. And if you don't do that, minimum find that YouTube video because you'll laugh your ass off. And if you don't, you know what? All right, let's get on to some stuff here, cruise-related. <clears throat> if you made it through that, uh, sorry if you're just here for the hardcore cruise stuff. But like I said, we're going to go off a little bit sometimes. What do we want to talk about next? Okay, so there's a, I told you we would mostly talk about the big three cruise lines, Carnival, um, uh, Royal Caribbean, and Norwegian. I also did tell you that we would go off sometimes and discuss some of the other ones as well when we felt it was necessary or just, I guess, appropriate. MSC Cruises. I want to talk about them for a little while today because there's a couple of interesting things going on with them. And for good reason, I think they should be on our radar a little bit coming up in the next few years. Uh, just a background on them. They're uh, founded in Italy and they're registered in uh, Switzerland. They are the world's largest privately owned cruise line. So, uh, you know, Carnival, Norwegian, and Royal Caribbean are all publicly owned and traded. This is private. The MSC, which ironically stands for Mediterranean Shipping Company, they started out as like literally just a shipping company. They had nothing to do with cruises, but they still built ships and uh, they shipped containers. They're actually the second largest container shipping operation in the world. And as of right now, actually, in terms of cruising, 
they're, they're right outside of the big three. They're the fourth largest right after Carnival Norwegian and uh, Royal. What they what, what interested me most about them was some of the mock-ups I saw about a new ship that they're coming out with. And I found out after some investigation looking in on it, it's actually a new class of ships. The first ship is going to be MSC Seaside, and that's going to be also the name of the class of ships as well. But let's just talk about the Seaside for right now. Uh, if, you, if you know me and you heard me at all talk about the my desired type of cruise or cruise ships i i love the aft pool i i live for an aft pool i don't understand why any cruise ship wouldn't have an aft pool uh it's the only place where you can really get an unobstructed view of the sea and it's what is it it's a basically a 270 degree view of the sea and you could kind of really really take in a nice sunset back there and you could really you know just just feel like, and also it's an area that kind of you could use the Lido restaurant as a barrier between a lot of the uh, adults on the cruise that are looking to have a little bit of more of a peaceful slash fun slash adult time rather than you know the kid soup pool that's in the uh, main part of the Lido deck so seeing some of the mock-ups it looked like a really interesting shape and I saw that they had they, it looked like they really were on the same page with me they were kind of catering to that as well so the seaside it's due to come out in december of 2017 now this is going to be a monster it's going to be a 5179 passenger ship uh and i don't know where that ranks but i know that's got to be top five or so in the world as far as cruise i know they, they kind of seem to be coming out with mega ship after mega ship left and right but it, it's i think it's probably still up there in the top five if i'm not mistaken i didn't you know do the math yet but whatever uh the home port uh, is going to be miami and it's going to be christened in miami now that's the first that's the first time any msc ship is going to be uh christened and originally home ported in miami the divina the msc divina is in miami right now and and uh it's going to stay in miami for the foreseeable future but uh it wasn't originally home ported there so this thing is going to be different than any the seaside I'm talking about. It's going to be different than any ship MSC has built to this point. Uh, most of the time, MSC, like I said, it comes from a shipping company, and they weren't necessarily catering to such warm water climates. A lot of it was uh, Caribbean, which uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Mediterranean and northern, more northern-based ports. This time, they know they're sailing out of Miami. This ship was made to sail out of Miami into the Caribbean and uh, under warm climates. What, what do you mean by that? Uh, they, they, what they're trying to do is make a, a design which allows the passenger to feel just a more closer connection to the seat. There's going to be a higher ratio of outdoor space than any other ship that they have. They're going to have more balconies than any, any other ship that they've had. They also have... Um, they do they have about 18 17 or 18 suites that are all kind of cornered up so in the aft aft corner so you're going to have basically an aft balcony that's going to wrap around to the side of the ship and you're going to have about 17 or 18 of those as far as options goes on either side of the ship so that's going to be beautiful the atrium is going to be a focal point it's a gorgeous metallic off-white color if you look at some of the mock-ups it just looks real sleek and real classy and just ultra ultra clean it's going to span three decks and what i what i got from the mock-up it looked like there was like a piano sitting on top of the bar i'm sure it's not sitting on top directly of the bar it's set back a little bit but it looked like the elevated typical setup where you have the bar and then um you know the elevators go up behind the bar and uh but the bar has like a little bit of a roof and the piano is going to sit on top of that and the piano is just basically going to 
be able to, I guess, I guess cater to or play to all three decks. And it looks like a really, really nice thing. You could Google that. You could check it out. If you want to see pictures, just look up MSC Seaside. As far as food, they're going to have uh, an Asian restaurant, and they're going to partner up with Roy Yamaguchi, who uh, I've never heard of, but he's, I guess, a big deal um, as far as a pan-Asian chef. Um, they're going to have a luxury seafood restaurant, and they're going to have a chef's table as well. So I keep, again, I think I spoke about that on the podcast too. If anybody has done a chef's table, let me know. I can never bring myself to spend the 200 bucks to do it. Um, it just seems like little one-biters, little one-bite food, and you got to sit there for five hours and wait around 45 minutes for, uh, you know, <laughs> for me, like a, a bite of sushi to come out. And then, okay, let's wait another 45 minutes. And then, you know, you do get some recipes and you get a tour of the galley and all that stuff. That seems cool. But it also seems like, you know, you're basically giving yourself, giving a day to the chef's table as well. On the other hand, I do not know one person that I've ever met or spoken to or read about that said it wasn't a great experience. So probably going to break down and try it one of these times, but not quite yet. Going along with the theme of connecting the guests more to the sea, there's going to be tons of alfresco eating, including an outdoor sushi restaurant. Overall, the the ship is going to have 20 bars. Now, I'm not saying 20 walk-in brick-and-mortar bars, but just places where you can get liquor, they'll have 20 options overall. And then the usual, they'll have like a state-of-the-art auto, uh, aqua park. Um, they'll have uh, dueling uh, tube slides there where you can race, which is the new rage with all the kids nowadays. Everybody's doing that. Then now the aft pool. Now, this is what I told you. You know, ever see these hotels sometimes, especially like in Fort Lauderdale a lot, you see them. They, they, it looks like they almost try to make them look like cruise ships. It's kind of cool because you're near the ocean, oceanfront hotels, and then they kind of like set back. And, and it looks like a little bit like a cruise ship. This is the opposite of that. These people are really, really trying to make it look like a freaking hotel. And it really, really does. You got basically a pool deck where, you know, you got your lounge chairs and everything regular deck like like a hotel pool and then a, a they call it a condo i think it just shoots up i guess about 15 floors up and it really doesn't have a feel of a cruise ship on the back end of it it's a little bit hard to explain i encourage you to check it out uh online just look at some pictures uh you could do a youtube will give you a virtual tour but the back of the ship looks like no other ship i've ever seen before the ship is a monster ship and uh, I, I'm actually, like I said, I've never really uh, diverged from the big three, but it makes me want to get on this ship. I seriously might want to give this shot. Plus, it seems like they're making a, a run at the big three. There is a 130-meter zip line. So what do I do? Would I, would I calculate 130-meter? I try to calculate that into yards. So what I normally do in my mind is cut it in half, which would be 65 and uh, then add a little bit more, like half of that, because like it was a yard, like almost a like meter is like almost three quarters of a yard, or a little bit less than a yard. So, what are we talking about? Like maybe a ninety yard, eighty or eighty ninety yard uh, zip line. So, they're taking a little bit of a page out of the Royal Caribbean book, and I told you that's just what happened. It's a copycat league, just like the NFL. If something works for somebody and it's popular, the next cruise line it's gonna is gonna do it. And then what's gonna happen down the road? 
Nobody's going to even know where it started from. But kudos to Royal Caribbean for doing that and bringing that to the table. And uh, honestly, kudos to MSC for seeing that it works, recognizing it, and uh, I guess biting it. There's, of course, going to be a state-of-the-art fitness center. There's going to be a spa and, of course, a wellness center. They're saying uh, that you can kind of do some holistic stuff or whatever. I don't know. That ain't my thing, but whatever you're into. Here's the weird part. You know, we say they're number four, and they seem to be climbing fast. This series of 11 more ships are coming out between 2017 and 2026. Yeah, it's a long time, but they have a clear plan of where they want to go, and it's going to be 11 more ships between 2017 and 2026. Now, you're not hearing that from Carnival. I'm sure they're going to keep coming out with ships, but what is the rate right now? You know, you got Vista. The other one's coming out after Vista and maybe another couple years, and... To be honest with you, I know Carnival's leading the sh- leading the way right now, but they still got all these fantasy class ships out there. And you know whether it's Miami or whether it's on the West Coast, the the you got cruise lines like MSC putting out these state of the art, ridiculous, beautiful cruise line cruise ships. And Carnival, man, I'm telling you, you're only going to be able to get so far with a Vista-type ship every couple of years and then, uh, you know, continually refurbishing. I'm waiting for Carnival 3.0. I'm not crapping on Carnival, honestly. I love Carnival, but I really do think that their fleet needs to be, I'm not even saying upgraded, forget upgraded. They need to add to their fleet. If they want to hold on to that title as the number one cruise line in the world, to me, you can't be the number one cruise line in the world for too long while you got all those fantasy class ships, you know, floating around out there that really are on their last leg. That's pretty much it. Uh, I encourage you, check it out. MSC, they're up and coming. I think they're going to be on the rise, and I think they're going to give the big three a run for their money. But definitely check out the Seaside, MSC Seaside. Check out some mock-ups online. Check out some virtual tours online. I think you're going to be really interested when you see it. It's it's definitely a ship that I, I want to end up on at some point. What else do we have going on? Interesting. Now, my last cruise I went on was out of Miami, and it was a Western Caribbean. We talked about it. It was the Carnival Live Sam Hunt cruise. Had a great time, and I thought it was really cool. I looked out the window when we were leaving port, and I saw the Fathom. And I heard so much about the Fathom, and I thought it was such a great idea. I thought, you know, the purpose of those cruises was to uh, do relief work while you were on vacation. So you pay a little bit more money. Uh, in exchange for that, you get to do good and you get to go to Cuba. Some of the itineraries went to Cuba. Some of the itineraries went to the Dominican Republic. Clearly, Cuba was going to be more of the uh, draw. So uh, that was the thing. I just thought it was a great, great, great idea. Everybody's happy. You get to do good. You get to have a vacation. You get to go explore an island that we haven't been able to legally inhabit in, I don't know, 50, 60 years. More than that, maybe. And I just thought it was a win, win, win for everybody. Shows you how much I know. Absolutely nothing. Because Fathom is going to be uh, discontinued. The Fathom ship, it is a um, uh, 703-person ship. Very, very popular. It used to be a P&O ship, and uh, it used to be called the Adonia. Yeah, 704 passengers. And it was used to be called the Adonia. April of this year, they converted it to the Fathom ship and just use it towards these vacation-slash-relief tours out of Miami under the, under the Carnival Cruise Corp. But I guess for whatever reason, it's going back to P&O, and it will be the Adonia again in 2017. What they said was Carnival is going to offer the relief cruises to Cuba is still, and they're uh, trying to get other cruise lines. You know, Carnival has P&O. They have Cunard. 
they have Princess, they have a few more. But uh, they're trying to get a lot of the other cruise lines uh, to be able to go to Cuba as well. Whether it's relief work or not, they're trying to continue to make that happen. Now, what they say, speaking of our old buddies, the fantasy cruise lines, uh, uh, the fantasy class ships, they're thinking about taking one of the fantasy ships, which pretty much all hold over 2,000 people, and dedicating that towards the replacement for the Fathom, but no plans of that has been uh, announced yet. Um, you're reading some comments, and you know I, I just did a little research on this, and I just looked at some comments on Cruise Critic and stuff. Seemed like I don't know if it's Monday morning quarterback or whatever, but everybody seemed to kn- have known that this was going to happen. Everybody seemed to know that uh, this was never going to work. Millennials nowadays don't want to do anything. Well, who the hell cares? Yeah, mill- people have been ke- people love to just say millennials don't give a crap about anything. They're aloof. They don't care. Maybe maybe that's true. Whatever. But I mean, is since when is the millennials uh, the cornerstone of the cruise market? People my age, uh, we, don't, we don't need to say what that is, but I don't know. People from 30s to 60s are cruising, and those are the types of people that, to me, are uh, are, are prime prime examples of people who might want to take advantage of something like this. Uh, but that's it. Fathom is done as far as Fathom as we know it. Stay tuned for uh, a reemergence of it in some form or another. But they are still going to be going until uh, the summer of 2017 so you do have time to uh, maybe get one in before they discontinue it officially all right what i wanted to do this week in addition to what we talked about so far is have a segment called don't be that cruise guy how many times do you go on cruises and you just see people committing these awful terrible cruise fouls that you just want to you don't even want to say what you want to do to these people. They just don't seem to get it. And what we want to do also and the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast is provide a service for these people and a service for each other so that maybe if the awareness gets out a little bit, maybe people will slowly stop doing these types of things. Really? Probably not. But I want to blow off a little steam here. And I put together a little bit of a list of things that you really shouldn't do on the cruise, and it never fails. They do them on every single cruise, but from here on out, if you're listening to this, you're a new cruiser, don't be that cruise guy. This first one, okay, let's get into it. You guys all know what the first one is. We don't even have to say it. Let's do a one, two, three, say it together. One, all right, one, two, three. Chair hoggers, absolutely. It's basic. It's not very imaginative because it is the number one. But what am I going to do? Not mention it? Uh, just chair hoggers, screw you. I mean, you guys are out of your freaking minds. You guys uh, have to be the most entitled people. You're the type of people, I bet, that you think you can be online at a drugstore, forget an item, walk off the line, and think you could walk right back on and get pissed off when somebody says something about it. That's you. That's the type of person you are. Where do you get off? I'm getting upset here. All right, I'm just it just it just fires me up thinking about it. So I do apologize. Please excuse my aggression during this segment because uh, this whole segment's probably going to fire me up. <laughs> um, where do you get off thinking you could just put down your little freaking towel, go off, get something to eat? I mean, guys, really show some consideration. If you're going to be out of that chair for more than five minutes. Just suck it up. You're going to have to go find another chair. That's just how it is. I wouldn't even have the balls to just leave my stuff there like that, like I own, because I, w- I don't know what people will do to it. I mean, I personally, listen, here's, let, let's just let's just 
end it today. Let's start a movement right now. Let's just stop talking about it, chair hangers, chogs, whatever you want to call them. Let's just end it. If you see somebody chair hogging, let's just take their crap, put it in a bag, and put it aside, and then just tell them, oh, yeah, you were gone. We thought you were gone. We needed the chair. We're not going to stand around and sit at a bar stool while we look at your empty chair. Or the, Sometimes there's four, five, six empty chairs. Family of five wants to go eat, but they don't want to lose their chair. So they're going to go put, they're going to think they're going to put all their stuff down like it's some all inclusive resort, which has, you know, 50 acres of plenty of pool space. It's a joke. So end it. Let's just all make a commitment to one another right now to end the chair hogging by taking their stuff, putting it in a bag, or putting it under it, or just getting rid of it and just taking up the space. I'm not even saying even if we're – let's just look to it. Let's look for chair hoggers and look to end them. Let's let's put each other on chair hogger patrol. Let's designate one another, designate each other. Let's hold ourselves accountable to shut down this chair hogging BS. Okay? Let's move on from that now. Here's another one. Oh, it's not going to get any better for me. I'm just going to keep getting fired up. Parents who let their preteens run wild. Let me tell you something about these preteens. The kid, the, the the teens are okay. They're just trying to meet guys, meet girls. You know, fourteen, fifteen year olds. They got strangers. They've been living in the same town. Now they got all these. That's fine. Let them let them have fun. Let them go on the slide. They usually, you know, you could deal with them. But these eleven to thirteen year old terrorists that are running around this ship, that are doing stuff like uh, knocking on cabin doors. The they and hold on. Let me let me step back, and I would I'm just gonna disclaim this by saying I I would absolutely be one of these kids, a thousand percent. This would be me. However, I'm not 11. I'm not 12 anymore by any stretch. So now I want it done. Um, you know you know the move. What they do? They go in and they they hit it. They go into all the elevators and hit everybody button on the elevator. And there's no way to reverse that. I mean that's ridiculous. There should be a button on the elevators that for when the kids do that, you could just reverse it so that we have to start all over. And I'm sure every I'm sure nobody would have a problem with that. But these kids that just sprint around like crazy people, no regard for anybody, and it's not the kids' fault. It's the parents. You just have to put them in the camp, give them something to do. I don't care. Get, get them drunk. They're safe. They're not going anywhere. I shouldn't say that actually. There's a video that's going around today. I saw it for the first time today. It probably will go viral. Um, it was a video of a video of a cell on a cell phone of a kid who looked like he was about 14 years old, who literally climbed over the railing and and was hanging from the side of the ship. And uh, this is the perfect example of what I'm talking about. And as we get serious for a second. You parents, you gotta watch your kids, and I get it. I'm not a parent, and you probably don't want to listen to me saying, "Oh, you know, judging who watches whose kids or whatever." And I know you can't walk them through their entire lives, but uh, something's got to be done here. The kid was hanging, and you're gonna see it probably. You probably it's it's not really out yet, but I just happened just happened to come across one of my feeds, and it probably happened in the last couple of days. The kid was hanging off the balcony. And uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna find out who it is. They're gonna bring them in for questioning. But please, parents, you know, give the kids a good pep talk. Uh, let them know that you know it's dangerous to you people, old people walking around with trays of food, handicapped people, and they got these kids sprinting around with absolutely zero zero supervision. And I get it. 
parents. That's probably why you bring them on the cruise because you know that you can have some romantic or some alone time with your spouse and the kid can maybe uh, be supervised by a camp counselor or at the very least you know he can't go too far because we're all on a ship. But we got to find a way to do a better job of uh, you know, policing these these little terrorists because I, I don't I don't negotiate with these terrorists. Um, what else? Okay, slow, oblivious walkers, especially on the cabin decks. That is definitely something that is not. It's it's we're cooling off here. That doesn't drive me so nuts, but you see that all the time on cruise ships where people just are on their own time in their own world, and it does not matter who, what. Anything. It doesn't matter who's behind them. They will walk in a completely different direction from which they're looking. They are on vacation, and in their mind, they will just float around this ship, and anybody or anything that's in their way, it's their responsibility to get out. It doesn't work like that, guys. Yes, chill out. Have fun. You're on vacation. Be on island time. Walk at whatever pace you want to walk. But if you're literally strolling and I'm trying to get to the blackjack tournament and uh, you're three wide and moving at a mile an hour and a half and I got to get around you, have a little presence, have a little wherewithal to know that someone might be behind you. Be a little considerate. Be a little, just a little. I'm not even saying a lot. I'm saying be on vacation. Enjoy yourself. It's not like you're walking around in Times Square. But just be a little aware of your surroundings. If you see something that you're interested in, don't let your legs just start taking you there without understanding that somebody may be in your path or behind you that's headed into your path. Uh, just, just, Just watch where you're freaking going. I mean, obvious stuff. Elevated people who hit the button and they're only traveling one deck up is really annoying. You only got one deck to go up. You can you can you can save the elevator community a lot of hassle, a lot of trouble by just going up the flight of stairs. It's what is it? It's eight, it's 10 flights up one way, 10 flights 10 steps the other way. Get a little exercise. You probably overdid it at the buffet. You probably had that second dessert. You probably ordered 16 freaking lobster tails with the filet mignon. It isn't going to kill you to walk up one flight of stairs. Now, the people who hit the elevator for one floor down, we got to throw them off the ship. They got to just go. We, they got to go. You know what I mean? Like, get them out of here. What, what, what is your purpose? You have to slow up the elevator process so you can travel one flight down. Just, just roll down. I mean, roll down the freaking stairs. It's a joke. Elevator. Elevator etiquette is key on a cruise ship. It's uh, time is of the essence. Efficiency is uh, needs to be attained, and we are not going to do that if we are hitting the elevator button one floor in either direction. I mean, two floors too. Okay. Again, let's get some. Let's get the blood going a little bit, right? Um, here's another one. Uh, so the main dining room and the formal nights. Over the last six, seven years, from what I hear. It's obviously been, especially since Norwegian went freestyle, it's definitely been less of a mandatory thing for you to dress formally. You know, talking tie, jacket, this and that. It was at one point where you, if you were going to the main dining room, you had to dress to impress and forget about it on captain's dinner night, on formal night, you had to wear a tie. Now, probably for good reason, 
they backed off that a little bit, okay? I understand, you know, we don't need to, not everybody wants to take their, you know, black ties and their tuxedos and their, you know, Hugo Boss suits on the cruise ship with them. I get it, that's fine. I think it's still cool when you do a night where you dress up, but not everybody wants to. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, whatever. But these losers, these bums that walk into the main dining room on formal night with flip-flops and bathing suits, that's got to stop. You can't do that. Guys, go to the buffet, okay? If you, I got no problem, you want to dress like a bum the entire ship, stay at the buffet. Stay at the sandwich shops. Get room service. If you're going to go to the main dining room, at least put on, I don't know, how about a khaki shorts, maybe a college shirt, a college pullover golf shirt or something. Something that just shows you didn't just roll out of bed or just jump out of the pool. That's it. I mean, the problem is they're not going to throw you out nowadays, you know, because everybody wants to just be lazy and, and, and dress like shit. But let's just let's, let's just hold on to – can we hold on to something traditional? Can we hold on to just something? And can we at least just dress the part one night? Or we, you know, when you go in the main dining room, just make some sort of an effort. Put on a freaking – brush your teeth. Put on a stick of deodorant. Put a little gel in your hair, whatever it is. Act like you took a freaking shower. Before you go in the main dining room. That's all I ask. Nothing, you know, we don't have to do the ties and suits anymore. Work with us a little bit. What else? Oh, those 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 cheapskates that remove the tip from their expenses. Like, you know, you get on board and you see they take a, they charge you, you know, and that's the gratuity. And that takes care. I mean, it's still a steal. That's supposed to, supposed to take care of all bartenders, all, I guess, service workers in uh, in the, in the restaurants as well as... I think the room stewards too, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. But whatever it is, it's it, it's like $15 a night. Guys, really, seriously, you're going on vacation. These people live on this ship. These people are in a time warp. They don't get out. What do they do? The best thing they could do is go to a little cramped up crew bar for entertainment. It's not entirely true. They do get time off, but they're working seven days a week. Sometimes they get time off. The hours that they work, we're talking maritime law here, so they're not subject to the new, uh, you know, progressive stuff that you know a lot of us, uh, a lot of a lot of the Western countries, as far as labor laws and stuff like that, they're not subject to those laws. Leave them a freaking tip. Not only do you leave that tip there, you tip them over. I never, I never ever not leave a tip on any drink I order. Even though I got the Cheers package, even though they charged me 20% tip on that, there's just something in me, and I don't say, and I overtip, I do, and I'm not saying overtip, you know, but there's something in me that just doesn't want to hit that slash mark and be like, no, nothing, here's a tip, no, nothing. I'm on vacation, I'm fortunate, fortunate enough position to be able to afford these vacations, and you know what, I'm going to tip accordingly. Do not remove because you can. A lot of people don't do that. I might have started a <laughs> – don't do it. Um, you are able to uh, take off the gratuity that they auto-charge you for when you get on the ship. You are able to have them have them take it off. If you didn't know that, I'm glad you didn't. Just don't ever do it. Please leave the tip there. Another one, big one, buffet skippers. In the vein of people just floating around the ship like they have nowhere to go and they can just float into anybody's uh, path at any time, they do the, the buffet a lot. A lot of times on the cruise ships, you'll see the buffet is kind of like mirroring itself. There'll be two buffet stations and then let's just say in the inside is the meat 
and then it goes out to like the sides and then the vegetables and then the salads will get further and further apart from each other. You see these people, that's meant to be two lines starting in opposite directions. You'll see people just, you know, finish one line and then hop into the next line that's going the other way. That's supposed to be ideally, if you if you know if you can picture what I'm saying here, um, you get people that just walk around and skip around on the buffets and just you're doing the right thing. You're in line. You're waiting. You waited your turn, and all of a sudden, oh look, mashed potatoes! And some slob walks over and freaking just starts scooping in mashed potatoes when you were next online for the damn mashed potatoes. Guys, I'm so sorry. I know I'm being aggressive here, and I know I'm getting upset, but these are all hot-button issues for me that I can just, like, it, I, it, I, it takes me back to the times when I was in these positions. Oh, and then they take the tongs or the spoon or whatever it is, sorry about that, and they will, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll scoop up what they got, they'll put it onto their plate, and then put the freaking handle back in. They'll put the handle part into the food. So the part where they just touched and probably wiped their ass in the freaking bathroom, and now it now it goes into the mashed potatoes or the broccoli or the fish or whatever it is. No regard. I got my food, and uh, screw the next guy. These are the problems. This is why cruise lines and cruise ships get these reputations for being floating Petri dishes because we are not careful with what we do. Uh, you know, as far as spreading the germs, there's a reason why these, yeah, the washi washi on Norwegians, or if you go on Carnival, there's like a paper towel dispenser next to every single door handle. Yeah, yeah, you think, oh, great, this is nice, very convenient. What a service they provide! It's not just the service they're providing; they're trying to keep the damn ship clean so that we don't get an outbreak of norovirus and 800 people go down in this puke backing up the freaking lines, and it's just a disaster, and everybody's trip is ruined. Nobody wants that. You know, I'm not a clean freak. I'm not a hypochondriac. I'm not a germaphobe. But when you're on a cruise ship, just ex, you know, just exhibit common hygienic uh, hygienic procedures. That's it. That's all you got to do. Last one. Uh, I don't really haven't really come across this. I came across this a couple of times. It's the meathead factor, guys. We all know the meatheads, the Jersey Shore guys, the. Uh, um, you know, the frat guys, the tough guys, this and that. We all know they're out there. Um, I'm not going to say in my day, you know, we didn't have my immature days where, you know, there was, you know, you go out and you're 20 years old, 21 years old, you play football your life and, you know, somebody's over there, you don't recognize them, they're staring at you, what are you looking at? It happens. I get it. Um, I don't, I'm not proud of it. I don't do, certainly don't do it anymore. That was way back. It was a long time ago. But I get the whole kind of, you know, boys will be boys, meathead type of philosophy. Um, that stays on land, period. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a college football team. I don't care if you're, um, you know, wh- whatever. You're. It's a frat party reunion. If it's a, if it's a, you know, MMA group cruise. I don't care what it is. Guys. Well, if you're a meathead and you know you have the tendency to maybe after a while, if you're, if you're drinking all night and no girl falls into your lap, so what's the next best thing you're going to find to fight? You know the type. You know these people are out there all the time. Fine. Not at sea, guys. Leave your meathead BS at sea. A, because you just should, because you're on a cruise you know what? Eliminate that type of a thought process. You want to go back to land and go to the local bar and beat each other up till 6 in the morning? Go ahead. Do it. I don't care. But if, if you know you have that type of personality, sit down, 
Have a talk with yourself before you get on the ship and leave the meathead BS at home. You know a lot of these bar fights. They get broken up by bouncers. Everybody high-fives each other. Somebody gets a bloody nose, and you talk about it the next day and laugh about it for the next 20 years. On the cruise ship, that doesn't always happen like that. There's glassware. There's knives. You don't know who you're getting involved with. You know, sometimes people uh, have screw looses, and they don't give a crap, and they'll go to the end. And let me tell you something. While... There's plenty of security on these cruise ships. These are not bouncer security guys. They are not physically prepared to rip 230-pound men apart from each other. I've seen three or four cruise fights in my day. What happens? They let them go. That's it. And then, A, you're in danger because there's nobody to break up this fight and somebody's going to get hurt and you're not going to lose. Some people just, I'm not losing this fight. They'll pick up whatever, glassware, whatever. And then God forbid there's innocent people around. And usually it happens late night, so I don't see too much going on So as far as little kids and stuff like that. But there's women involved. There's women standing there and they're dodging glassware. And that's, that's just not cool. Let's take whatever meathead tendencies you have and let's make a pact. Leave them on the shore. All right, so that's it for don't be that cruise guy stuff. You know, I say it's not being sexist. You know, you heard the expression, don't be that guy. Uh, You know, so it could be don't be that guy, don't be that girl. Don't be that guy, don't be that girl on a cruise. And that pretty much wraps up that segment. I just got a Facebook message from my buddy Dan who just told me that a photographer, you guys all remember the Costa Concordia that uh, actually sank and actually, you know, one of the very, very, I don't even know if there's been another one since, since the Titanic. I'm sure there has been. I don't. I can't think of any, but you guys probably remember that it happened off the coast of Italy. Uh, maybe it was. I don't know. Almost ten years ago. Maybe not that long ago. I don't know. Five, ten years ago, something like that. I should know. <laughs> um, but um, so the ship sank, and it was an environmental hazard. So they fished it out of the water with some ridiculously elaborate apparatus. They got it out of the water, and now it's just kind of been suspended dry for the last I don't know how many years. But I didn't read this. Maybe I'll do a story. Uh, uh, we'll do the screw story next week about it. But a photographer was allowed to get on aboard the ship and take pictures. And all I saw in the headlines was uh, what he took was haunting. And so if you want to look that up, I have not seen it. It just came in. Shout out to Dan. He just sent me that, and I'm kind of interested in reading that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is story time. Beatrix, your favorite time, where I read. Okay, so... I saw some of this. I saw some highlights on this. I am going to read this story to you about a man falling off the oasis of the seas and getting rescued by another cruise ship. I think I remember hearing about this when it actually came out. Um, I thought I remembered it being a drunk party guy, uh, but I'm not sure. I didn't read this story yet. I'm reading it now for the first time because I kind of made the decision that I want to read it along with you. And kind of react to it in real time and get the story at the, at the same time you guys are. All right, so here we go. CNN. A man who fell from a Royal Caribbean cruise ship off the coast of Cozumel, Mexico, was rescued by a Disney cruise ship after passengers spotted him on the water. The man was traveling in the oasis of the seas. It was early in the morning. He doesn't remember how he fell. Well, <laughs> sign number one that it was a drinking incident. Fortunately, for another cruise, the Disney Magic saw him said Cozumel Port Captain Alfonso Rodriguez. 
The Lucky Man, a 22-year-old, boom, there's sign number two that there was drinking involved. A 22-year-old U.S. citizen, boom, sign number three. He had been in the water for about five hours during last Thursday's ordeal. Rodriguez said, well, I bet he was sober after that. At 7.31 a.m., a passenger, well, that could be either way. So he floated for five hours, do the math. Six, five, four, three, two. That means he ended up in the drink at about 2.30. Boom! Sign number four that there was drinking involved. At about 7.31 a.m., a passenger aboard Disney Magic reported the man in the water. The passenger had thrown multiple lifesavers into the water to help him, said Rodriguez. They rescued him and gave him medical attention. The man was taken to a local hospital and in good condition before he was flown back to the United States, Rodriguez said. This man was reborn, quote-unquote. Most people that experience that kind of fall break their neck. It's like hitting concrete, he said, which is crazy because that's the Oasis. That's a big-ass ship. So I don't know what floor he fell from. Maybe we'll find out. I'll read on. Rescue caught on camera. David Hearn, a Disney magic passenger, recorded the rescue in his video. A yellow rescue boat bobs on the dark ocean water and a man's head and arms are barely visible above the waves the man then swims towards the boat and is brought aboard we were in our stateroom on the speaker system we heard the crew saying mr mob stateboard side i got dressed and went up to the upper deck hearn said the mob is the code for man overboard oh that's cool so they said mr mob mr mob <laughs> Anybody with half a brain could figure out that that's just a weird code for something, but I wouldn't have. Um, so when Hearn reached the Magic's upper deck, the ship crew had already lowered the lifeboat. So they heard MOB and they already lowered the lifeboat, not even knowing where the dude was, which is pretty cool. It was pretty surreal at first. Uh, it's not something you expect when you go on a nice cruise, Hearn said. Our first question was, where did he come from? We thought it was someone that fell off our ship. Hearn said he spoke to the passenger, credited with the spotting the man in the water. His daughter had gotten up, and they had a room with a balcony. She wanted to sit out there, and he went with her, Hearn recalled. They heard a noise, and as the ship got closer, they realized it was a man screaming for help. They got on the phone with the guest services, and the ship came to a stop. And then it goes to security at sea. Another headline. Royal Caribbean has uh, has a closed-circuit TV, showed the man was not alone on the ocean ship on deck five when he went overboard at 6.07 a.m. There were no other guests or crew around at the time, said Cynthia Martinez, a Royal Caribbean spokeswoman. So that's, I guess it seems like he was in an area that not necessarily was meant for him to be at that certain time. Oasis of the Seas is one of the world's largest ships with room for more than 8,000 passengers. That's wrong, right? I don't know what, and crew, oh, and crew. It had departed from Port Everglades, Florida on January 3rd, and Cozumel was the last port of call, Martinez said. The ship's safety features include a minimum safety railing of about 42 inches and more than 1,200 security cameras. For their passenger safety, we recommend the guests not lean over or climb on any railing, said Martinez. Makes sense, right? Don't climb over the railing. Don't climb on the railing. I, I get it. But Miami-based maritime lawyer Jim Walker says these measures are not enough. Instead, oh, here we go. Here's the lawsuit. The poor guy was pretty lucky. The real issue is why he fell off the ship and why there is no clear explanation, Walker said. Oh, my God. How much do you hate freaking lawyers? Uh, this guy's a jerk off. I shouldn't say that. But the guy was hanging out in an area of the ship at 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning where he shouldn't have been. And 
who knows how the hell are you you gotta you guys all know you gotta try to fall off one of these cruise ships and they're gonna make a lawsuit out of this uh don't be that cruise guy either um Automatic man overboard detection technology uses radar and sensors to establish a perimeter around the ship. A mechanism notifies the crew when a person has fallen overboard. One manufacturer of these systems, Mobotronic, boasts a 95% man overboard detection rate. There's a stat for freaking everything nowadays. That is funny. What is uh, what is your uh, man overboard rate? Um, the cruise vessel safety and security act requires large passenger ships to integrate technology that can be used for capturing images of passengers or detecting passengers who have fallen overboard to the extent that such technology is available. Uh, I have no idea what I just read there, but hopefully you did. Unlike this incident, Walker said the problem with most man overboard cases is that the person is never found and the case goes unsolved oh because there's nobody to there's no witnesses or you know somebody's overboard they can't really explain how it happened because uh they they're gone uh there are some people who commit suicide he said the suicides are easily detected because the person leaves a message or doesn't bring any luggage onto the ship or well maybe they're a light traveler how do you just deduct that off that or they sell their homes etc but there so okay so, you know, you could prevent that, right? If somebody sells their home and go on a cruise without luggage, you don't react to that until after he kills himself? I, I don't understand this. I mean, I'm, maybe it's me. But there are a whole group of cases that don't fall on the suicide pattern. These There are other cases which we suspect are a result of foul play. A website that tracks men overboard cases, cruisejunkie.com, Listed 243 cases since 1995. And that's how the story ends. We don't ever find out if this guy was a drunk partier or whatever. He was 22 years old. What 22-year-old gets up at 5 in the morning for uh, an early brisk breakfast? I don't know. Either way, he's alive. He made it back. I don't know. I'll follow up with that case. Maybe I'll uh, we'll do a little like teaser for next week. And uh, I'll tell you <laughs> if he ever sued, if they ever found out what happened if he was drunk or whatever. Um, that's it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Please, again, the iTunes. Oh, I did it again. The iTunes. Uh, review me on iTunes, and we will absolutely give you a free cruise if you're the next one of the next 13 to 15 people that review. See, this isn't – now we're taking the guesswork out of it. This isn't maybe you might. You don't have to trust me to, to, to decide if I'm if I'm doing it right. Maybe I didn't give the cruise to anybody because I said three, three uh, uh, cruises a week. If 10 reviews come in, maybe I just said you didn't win and nobody won and who knows. That's not the case. I'm giving away a free cruise for two to the Bahamas for the next 13 reviews I get online. Let's make this happen. All I'm trying to do is get this – podcast out there to as many people as possible and i thank you so much for listening if you made it this far appreciate it we will talk to you guys next week Get away to where the boat leaves from.
from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree. And the drinks are cold, and the reggae is hot, and I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves. Jimmy.